Hello, kaiju and tokusatsu lovers. This is Nathan March and coming to you live here. But I am not alone for this special occasion. I've got several friends here with me, including the man who just dove in within about 10 seconds of going on the air, Mr. Ultra Dan, Danny Damana. <laughs> Hello there. I was experiencing, as you do right before big broadcasts, technical difficulties. But, uh, but we are good to go. And yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody would have noticed if you hadn't said anything. Oh, well, I was trying uh, to be a little bit funny. Okay. Well, th yeah, yeah, sure. Well, that's why uh, I'm laughing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But for those who don't know, not only is... Danny here, apparently Ultra Dan. He got upgraded. Ultra Dan, <laughs> yes. I upgraded myself. Yeah, that, you've got the perfect name to pun off of stuff like that. I but, do. You know, I have I have the name and I have the tech. Right. So I'm set to go. Right. I'm a little jealous. I need to get myself a beta capsule there. But you the, you're also the, just so everyone knows, you're the author and creator of the Godzilla novelization project. Ultraman mm -hmm. is very adjacent, so... <laughs> Good to be Very on. much so. Oh, and look who else just joined us at the last second here. It's, well, Mr. Damon Noise himself. What oh, up, yeah. Joe? <laughs> oh, sorry. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Dude, wow. Wow. There it is. Getting a little salty on in the stream tonight. Oh, oh, I have got things to say about this particular movie. So, yes. Well, actually, the, we're going to we'll get to the, the discussion of the film here in a little bit, but we got oh, a special yeah. guest we need to talk to first. Sure. Uh, but uh but speaking of special guests, he is not Michael the Cheater Hamilton here. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I want to be on every podcast and every episode. First of all, first of all, we're all laughing at that joke. <laughs> Second of all, this is a family show, damn it, Nathan or uh, Damon. Come on. I'm sorry. If you if you don't say that word in your family. What kind of family are you? <laughs> That's that is true. It, it is good. It, uh, it is good to see you, my friend. You're looking well, Raymond. Uh, <laughs> well, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Damon, who has been a a frequent guest on the show and has also played many of the characters populating MIFV. I'm still working on that uh, the season finale, Damon, where as far as I care, you need to get a podcast Oscar because you were in character for like two hours and it was amazing. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was three hours, but that's okay. Who's counting? <laughs> well, it probably Apparently, get whittled down to two. You. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it was it was very hard to keep in character and switch characters every five seconds. When yeah. it, doesn't, it, doesn't yeah. it doesn't get old. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get old at all. No, not, yeah. even, not for sure. No, okay 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 guys okay guys we We're have a special silly. guest and we need to be respectful of his time but joining okay, us fine. today if we have to yeah but joining us today the producer of ultraman connection and the ceo of starlight runner entertainment i am ecstatic to introduce you all to mr jeff gomez here <laughs> You have to. <laughs> How are you doing, guys? Great to see you. Doing well, Jeff. Thank you so much for uh, for being here with us. Uh, not a problem. Yeah, this is exciting for me. I mean, you you got a hold of me a few months ago. We've been communicating back and forth. I was just 
flabbergasted to know that you listened to my shows and enjoyed them and wanted to give me some opportunities related to Shin God. I almost said Shin Godzilla, <laughs> Shin Ultraman yeah. specifically. And uh, now you, I've got Nathan. you on the show. So this is, you know, <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I'm really pumped. So uh, fantastic. Uh, I'm a fan uh, because it, it, it dates back real far with me as far as uh, uh, tokusatsu and uh, Japanese uh, pop culture in general. Uh, so, you know, uh, this is stuff I'd be listening to whether or not I was involved with Ultraman. Right, right, right. So I wanted to give you a few, at least a little bit of time here to introduce you know, for those who don't know you, introduce you to the listeners and our viewers here. I've got several of my patrons in the chat here with us. So let everybody know a bit about your history with Tokusatsu. I know it's something that's very near and dear to your sure. heart. Sure. I'm a little bit older than, well, some of you. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us. I know, I know, I know, uh, I know Nathan's old as dirt. So uh, you, well, you, that's you, funny coming you from you, be, Jeff. I'm sure, I'm older sure than the. Older than the Grand Canyon and twice as dusty. So, you know, uh, I, I, as a very young kid, uh, I'm, I'm like talking three or four years old. This is in the 1960s. Um, I, I was kind of a hypersensitive uh, little kid growing up in a, a really tough uh, a neighborhood and, um, and a, uh, a kind of hard in, environment. Um, and, um, and so in my escape was, was anything to do with cartoons or fantasy or, or, or things like that. And that gave me access to, uh, uh things like, um, uh, uh, proto Japanese anime, uh, a speed racer, Marine boy, uh, uh, that, that kind of stuff, a gigantor Kimba, the white lion, um, uh, um, but nothing, uh, lit me up like. Godzilla, mm. um, you know, I, I, I'd uh, catch a glimpse of it running on TV and, uh, and just be astounded at this huge, powerful dinosaur that was just unstoppable. Um, I, I just, you know, I fell in love with this thing and, and this notion that it can persist uh, for more than a single movie. That it can be back, um, uh, fighting new monsters and and um, uh, looking slightly different, <laughs> uh, causing <laughs> me to try and figure out how what the continuity was between the the, the movies was just fascinating uh, uh, for me. Um, in the uh, in the mid 1970s, I was 11, 12 years old. My mom decided to. Uh, uh, follow a, a friend of hers to Hawaii. Um, uh, this is in, in 1974. Um, and we, we got on a plane and, and he headed there. I was hesitant at first, but, uh, Hawaii was 6,000 miles closer as far as New York was concerned <laughs> to Japan. <laughs> and, and, uh, her, the, the woman's kid told me over the phone, they have Godzilla toys here. <laughs> and that was just unheard of. The, the only thing of Godzilla I had was the occasional copy of Famous Monsters of Filmland, right? <laughs> a, a magazine, uh, uh, you know, once in a great while. And what I can cut out of the TV guide, a magazine that told you what was going to be on TV that week. Mm -hmm. And so there would be a picture of Godzilla the size of your thumbnail. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
and um, and I, I, I just collect them uh, in order to, to have something of Godzilla. So the notion of toys and, and other kinds of, of collectibles affiliated with this thing that I loved was just uh, amazing. Um, but then something really special happened. I got to Hawaii. And um, uh, I, I, my friend said, you know, uh, um, let's let's play, um, uh, let's play common writer. <laughs> and I was like, what, what are you talking about? And um, he he screamed out, Henshin, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then leapt into the swimming pool, kicking me directly into the chest with a common as you do. A writer kicking you? A writer <laughs> kick. Uh, I received a writer kick. It really annoyed me, uh, but I, I needed to know what a, a common writer was. <laughs> and um, and a, a couple of days later, there it was on TV. In Hawaii, uh, they aired um, a, a very early uh, a Japanese Super Sentai uh, tokusatsu TV shows. Um, so uh, a common rider V3 was running. Mm-hmm. Kick Hider, Zero One. These were huge hits. Uh, but then a, an array of others: Rainbow Man, uh, uh, Inazuman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and and then all of the the Japanese anime. It was just really astounding. Uh, uh, to me, this notion of being able to change, to to uh, uh, to do the the, the kata, and uh, you know, and 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 defend yourself against the monster, the fact that that uh, these shows took these things seriously was was astounding to me. The the they were grown up. Uh, the 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 violence was kind of real. Um, uh, the the stakes were real. But also, some of these characters, they they hunted for their very own souls, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, uh, you know, there was a sadness uh, to, to Japanese pop culture that I found uh, uh, fascinating. And, of course, in the midst of all of this uh, was um, uh, Ultra 7. The, um, uh, that was the Ultraman that was running at the time in Hawaii. And, of course, that was like having a, a, a Godzilla movie in your home, you know, once a week, mm-hmm. truly, truly uh, remarkable guys. So the, the, the fact that these uh, shows persisted across each other, that there were sequel shows, Kikaider zero one was a sequel series to Kikaider. Common Rider V three came after Common Rider, which had Common Rider one and two, um, uh, that there was a connectivity to them, a persistent universe that traversed television shows, but also feature films, uh, music, toys, um, uh, magazines, comics. Um, uh, this was uh, proto-transmedia storytelling for me, and it helped to shape everything that I've done ever since. Mm. Wow. You you got in on this at, at the ground floor. <laughs> Show era, man. Show era. Man, uh, I mean, most of it. It sounds like it sounds like growing up, like you just had this hunger for Tokusatsu um, that's persisted all the that's persisted all this time, and 
it's interesting to live in the time we live in now, Jeff, that like we're back when we were all growing up, tokusatsu and things that was very like few and far between. You know, we had a few Godzilla films and whatnot here in the United States, but not to the level that we're getting now. Like it is, it feels like a treat to be able to go to a theater like I did last night and uh, over the, over this week to watch a, um, to watch an Ultraman movie. Imagine uh, how I feel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I helped to get it in that damn theater, uh, <laughs> right? And, uh, uh, and and you know, uh, uh, it was an, a very lonely fandom. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, in the seventies, uh, Hawaii was one thing, but I was only in Hawaii for you know twelve or eighteen months, and then sure. had to come back to New York where there was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so, you know, maybe the odd uh, a comic book convention where a, 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 a bootleg VHS could be on mm-hmm. sale with some episodes, but that was it. So, so to, to love something that nobody else knows or understands um, uh, was, was tough. And, and then to bring Ultraman to, um, uh, to Lincoln Center, that's where it premiered in the United States. Um, uh, in New York City, one of the most mm-hmm. fabulous uh, theaters in, in the city, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in the world. And, and then um, uh, to to help to usher it into theaters across the entire country, where it's like the number five movie of this past I week. I know. <laughs> you know, Avatar, a few others, and Ultraman. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. It's just amazing. Right. I, that really excites me. That tells me that uh, your efforts with Ultraman Connection and Supro, they're really making some inroads here. And I think people are hungry for good superhero media right now in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. And they're getting yeah. it with Ultraman. Yeah. There's a tangible uh, component, I think, to these shows. To tokusatsu, um, you know, um, you're looking at that and something in your brain tells you that dude's really there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's in that suit sweating. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, uh, when that monster crashes through that building, somebody built that thing mm-hmm. and, and somebody shot it to make it fall apart in a kind of cool way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, after you know, a decade of, of just a whole bunch of pixels flying around, <laughs> um, you know, there's something charming and cool. I, mm-hmm. I think that people are, are gravitating to, mm-hmm. there's also an innocence and goodness in, in these heroes, uh, an earnestness, um, uh, that uh, speaks back at the cynicism mm-hmm. and the snarkiness of, of superhero Western superhero content. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's for sure. So, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your, you know, origin story or can we move into talking about Ultraman connection? Well, the bridge between all that and, and Ultraman, uh, essentially was, um, uh, that, uh, I would be, uh, uh, back enjoying Western pop culture. I'd be dissatisfied with a few things about what I was watching on TV. I just couldn't stand the reset button. Right. You watched a, a, an hour long cool drama um, and um, and the next hour happens as if the previous hour never happened. Mm. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and it just would cycle over and over. Same with the cartoons and, and, and so forth. Um, 
And, um, and then when there would be the equivalent of a franchise where there'd be more than one movie um, uh, featuring the same characters and so forth, again, they didn't seem to, uh, to grow into a, a rich universe, a story world that um, had integrity and continuity and forward momentum to it. It was just kind of the same characters in a different adventure with information that sometimes contradicted what happened before because the writers didn't really care and so forth. And that bugged the crap out of me. (laughs) Um, You know, the the Marvel uh, uh, Comics universe and and to a degree DC, they tried uh, to to do that. And that was kind of cool, I I thought. So um, uh, in in uh, adjoining uh, Valiant Comics um, uh, as a kind of assistant editor um, in oh. the early 1990s. Really? Um, I started wow. to, to push uh, uh, for that kind of continuity, particularly after the company was acquired by Acclaim Entertainment. Do you remember mm. Acclaim? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm very familiar. Yeah. I'm, an, I'm an avid comic book reader, so what you're talking about, I, I know about. There you go. So um, I edited the the Valiant comics, Bloodshot, Shadow Man, wow. uh, uh, Time Walker, all, all that stuff. Um, but I I, um, uh, I had my eye on. I, I loved role playing games and, and adventure games, mm-hmm. and uh, and I told uh, my boss, you know, there's this thing called Magic the Gathering, <laughs> <laughs> and it. It's you know how I know it's going to be a big hit because it's already annoying school teachers. <laughs> it is a good barometer, I would say. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was a school teacher for a short period of oh, time. Were you? Well, I knew about <laughs> gadgets, gizmos, and and cards in in schools, and I said, "This is it, guys. Um, let me go after that license." And um, and they said, well, here's 300 bucks and a plane ticket. <laughs> Go get Magic the Gathering. Um, 300 bucks won't even give you a, get you a half a tank of gas nowadays. <laughs> it, it, uh, it got me some artwork, a little, little bit of uh, a production artwork, how we'd imagine uh, uh, Magic would look as comics. Mm. And, um, uh, and I hit them at just the point in time where they uh, wanted to create things like comic books and video games mm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we got the license and, um, and I created um, a persistent universe, Dominaria, that connected mm. all the, uh, the, the cards together into a single story world. Wow. So in a way, I fulfilled my childhood wish of creating a persistent uh, a transmedia story world because there were comics there. I, I produced and wrote video games based on magic and, uh, and eventually created some cards for, uh, uh, for Watsi. Um, and, um, and, uh, and even something called a website, which was unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much lore that I'd created for this world. Um, I, I said, what am I going to do with all of this? And, and, um, and uh, an intern said, why don't you put it on a website? And I said, what's that? What's that? Yeah. Um, and we did. We did. And, um, and, we, uh, and so that launched my career. Um, wow. I, I, I wrote and produced uh, Turok Dinosaur Hunter for the Nintendo 64 and then a series of, of video games after that. Um, and, um, and those two big hits um, uh, made me independent. 
<laughs> and and allowed me to start my own company, Starlight Runner Entertainment. Wow. So so Starlight Runner took this notion of a transmedia universe, a multi-platform story world, and we bought it to uh, Mattel, and we did this with Hot Wheels, uh, World Race and Highway 35. Um, uh, we did it with Pirates of the Caribbean for the Walt Disney Company. Um, uh, we did it for Halo uh, and uh, oh. Microsoft, um, uh, creating these gigantic... Uh, uh, franchise extensions, how the book, how this story would work in novels and comics and mm-hmm. video game sequels and prequels and cycles and, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and each time there'd be a big bang in my career, what I would say is, hey, um, Toy, <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Subaraya Production. <laughs> I sure would like to work Toho. <laughs> yeah. I sure would like to work with my favorite things in the universe. <laughs> um, and and you know, we all? ask and, and you shall receive. You know, um, uh, there was a, uh, a Danny, uh, Danny Simon, the president of the, the CEO of the licensing group, uh, a group based in Los Angeles, um, uh, grabbed this new thing called Ultraman. Uh, it actually wasn't new. It was it was in uh, quiet mode for decades, mm-hmm. and that's because of a, a legal entanglement with uh, you know uh, a company. Uh, it was just dreadful uh, that that situation. But Subaraya won, and so they approached uh, uh, Danny Simon, the god of licensing, to help them introduce Ultraman to the American market. So. Uh, out of nowhere, he calls me and says, Gomez, <laughs> who, what's an Ultraman? What are you doing? <laughs> A question you've been waiting to, to hear for years and years. Is, is that, is he wearing a costume? Where's the zipper? <laughs> oh boy. Does he eat? <laughs> And if he does, uh, what does he eat? Danny, I, I think I, I better get over to Los Angeles and have a talk with you. And, and once there, I said, uh, Danny, I think you need to take me to Japan. Um, and uh, and then let me have a talk with these guys. And um, and we did. And that started my conversation with Subaraya Productions. Mm. So when was this? This was about three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, 20, uh, uh, 2018, 2019. Okay. And then, um, uh, and then Ultraman Galaxy, the first website, uh, you know, was like 2019. Yeah, 2019. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, and then in, in 2020, we, uh, I teamed up with a group called uh, uh, Elevate, and we, we formed a, uh, an alliance called Iceberg Theory, which uh, oh. put on virtual events because of COVID. Mm. And, um, and they were so good that I told the Subaraya guys, hey, let's, let's create virtual events for Ultraman so that I can introduce the fan base. Because there are people like you here in the United States that would love to see oh, yeah. those, those live shows. Do you remember the... Oh, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. I I got to go to one uh, in Japan in 2016 for the 50th anniversary for Ultrafest. And uh, there's just nothing cooler than being that close to these heroes tangibly there. Uh, mind-blowing magical it was mind-blowing truly, it was truly magical i had to pinch uh, myself you know and those the 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 suits are just magnificent oh you they're know, works of art the detail and the the fact that they're prepared to to be beat up and thrown on the floor and it's just uh, <laughs> oh yeah um so i said let's show that uh here uh through these virtual events and subarai took a chance and the first event generated like 300 uh, uh, tickets sales, and um, and now we get uh, thousands, uh, tens of thousands wow. Um, wow. Uh, to wow. to these events, and um, and that helped to grow the fan base. Mm-hmm. You know? That and the fact that um, y- you know I-, I asked Subaru, let me talk to you, let me go on podcasts, let me uh, uh, express. Um, uh, my love for this to people who love the stuff mm-hmm. and they will see uh, how genuine and, uh, and authentic all of this really is. And they'll team with us. They'll become apostles. Ultraman and his 12 apostles. Ultraapostles. With a few hundred. And now we have, uh, there's a couple million. Yeah. So, so we're all ultra, ultra, ultra jellicals. Ultra jellicals. Is that how we? Is that how we? Is that how we work out? I don't know. Follow the Lord Ultra evangelist. There we go. Ultra evangelist. Okay, I was going to say hashtag ultra jellicals. We follow the Lords of Light. That is all there is to it. Oh my gosh. So is was that the forerunner to Ultraman Connection? That was a forerunner to Ultraman Connection. Once the, the uh, Subaraya saw how well Iceberg Theory handled the uh, the the entire uh, uh, franchise and its interpretation uh, here in the West, because there were some things that we needed to explain. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just there are some eccentricities to this. Property. I was going to say, it's like one of yeah. those things when someone asks me, it's like, what the, he- so what's Ultraman? I basically say, how much time do you have? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, so they loved how we did that and, and said, let's, let's evolve Ultraman galaxy into Ultraman connection and um, and use it as a, a hub, a base of operations, um, and um, and we just kept cajoling them for content, you know. Uh, and so when you become a member of Ultraman Connection, which is free, mm-hmm. uh, you get access to all of these exclusive videos, um, entire seasons of of uh, Ultraman whole series, mm-hmm. um, but also a lot of cool stuff that um, uh, is exclusive to the site. Um, and, and um, like Sevenger fight where the, these short mm-hmm. films where uh, our, our hero Sevenger takes on uh, Ella King and, and some other kaiju. Um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was awesome. <laughs> A little painful. <laughs> <around the neck. laughs> 
Um, uh, but you know, uh, j- just so much fun stuff. And and then they started bringing Ultraman himself to the United States mm-hmm. at conventions like um, uh, Anime Expo in Los Angeles and New York Comic Con <laughs> yep. this past fall. Hey. Just so uh, incredible. And I got to meet them and and be with the uh, the suit actors and mm-hmm. uh, every dream you could have about that sort of thing mm-hmm. fulfilled. Mm-hmm. The picture from that event where Ultraman is dropkicking the kaiju was just meme gold on the internet <laughs> for a couple of days. That, that photo was taken by the noob, uh, Evangelia Artemis, uh, who is uh, my daughter. Uh, oh. So uh, so the noob uh, who, who talks about Ultraman as if she just walked through the door and you threw her Ultraman at her um, <laughs> is, um, uh, is family. Uh, uh, and um, and her her columns are really popular because that gives an entrance way to to new people um, uh, because of the way she explains things and uh, her her perceptions of of the uh, the property. Mm-hmm. So, wh- uh, what you're saying is is that Ultraman connection basically serves as the, I guess you could say the 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 hub for the I guess the English language. Am I if I'm understanding the English language Ultraman fandom. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it the the site uh, posits itself in multiple languages. Oh, so, okay. Um, and, and all of the content uh, on it is uh, you can choose, you know, all kinds of different subtitles. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, yeah. It, honestly, guys, um, I'm a believer, and and I'm not going to stop until this franchise is worldwide. Um, oh, yeah. And, Everyone, nor should you. You yeah. should keep going. Have access to it, yeah. and there's a reason. Honestly, guys, you know, uh, the, uh, in the the essence of Ultraman is courage, hope, and kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, here's a guy who comes to our world not to beat up bad guys, <laughs> uh, you know, not to arrest people, um, but to show us that we can be better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he he's going to wait for a while. Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. He'll wait until we've thrown everything we've got mm-hmm. <laughs> to try and solve the problem. And at the last minute, he'll go, all right, guys, I, I, I'll take it from here. <laughs> but get stronger. Be uh, be more noble. Understand why this thing is here. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because some of it is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Right? You made that's this mess. The, that's the implied, you know, uh, issue here, uh, and it's in Shin Ultraman in in spades, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, oh, yeah. so that's cool because what he's asking us is to is to rise mm-hmm. our, ourselves, and he's going to hang around long enough for us to get up a few rungs, and then he's splitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, series over. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and um, and to me, that's really unique. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lot of people say, oh, what's the difference between Ultraman and uh, Voltron or Transformers or, or you know, Power Rangers? You hear that a lot. That's what we, you know, that's why I, I, I'm a believer in what it has to say and want the world to, right. to you know, enjoy this uh, content. Right, 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 and you—you you guys have been doing a tremendous, doing the Lord's work. We're doing all of this. You guys have been the the place to go to for, say, like the premiere of uh, was it episode Z, the Ultraman oh, yeah. Trigger slash mm-hmm. Ultraman Z crossover movie. The 
And you know, so <laughs> and you're at the forefront of all of the latest Ultraman news. It, it's gotten to the point now where it's like, if I hear stuff about Ultraman, I'm like, if it's not on Ultraman Connection, it's uh, I question its validity. <laughs> I get that a lot on Twitter. <laughs> is this real? <laughs> sometimes it is, but I'm like, sure. it's not scooped somehow, you know, like something leaked. And I'm like, oh. Uh, time to call the bloggers. Why aren't <laughs> you doing your job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, uh, my absolutely, gosh. Absolutely. So, it's become quite an authority. And this coming year, it, uh, we're going to uh, um, do a lot more behind the scenes stuff. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, uh, give new insights. Um, I, I believe they're going to let us um, uh, communicate a little bit of the unified field theory of, of Ultraman. Ooh. How does the, they, they don't like to use the word multiverse, but mm. how, how do these various dimensions operate? You know, what's the meaning of all this? Where is it going? Uh, what, what is the, the transmedia universe of Ultraman really like? That sounds amazing. That's exciting. That's it is exciting. exciting. I think you've, uh, like all those little questions I had in my outline about Ultramech Connection, I think you have thoroughly answered all of those, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, how you're helping the franchise to break into the international market. Uh, you know, what is Ultramech Connection? When did it start? You know, where is it? You got the website. Uh, who else is helping you with Ultramech Connection? Let's ask that. Um, uh, uh, Ultraman Connection is the the two companies Elevate and and Starlight Runner Entertainment teamed mm -hmm. up together. We are Iceberg Theory. Okay, <laughs> um, and um, and uh, we have partners like uh, the licensing group, which helps us uh, with our coverage um, mm -hmm. of anything to do with um, uh, international or American uh, Ultraman product, mm -hmm. um, and um, and of course Subaraya Productions. Mm -hmm. Uh, is is a you know a huge huge uh, uh, a partner and, and support. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all our licensees, um, including Marvel Comics, mm -hmm. which if you haven't looked at the uh, the Marvel Ultraman comic books and you're any kind of comic book fan, do check them out. They're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I've been collecting those. Yeah. It, oh, a great, great, a unique take, um, mm -hmm. and, and one that that comments in interesting ways on it, um, in, in a way. Uh, I, I feel uh, my fingerprints are, are most evident there uh, mm -hmm. because uh, you'll see that they uh, they bend toward my favorite aspects of the, <laughs> of the franchise. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm guessing you also have some pretty close ties with Mill Creek and Chow Factory since they're handling a lot of the distribution of the series. Sure. In fact, uh, Shout Factory's uh, annual uh, Ultraman Day Tokushoutsu um, uh, show, it, I produce it. Oh, okay. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and and those uh, those Mill Creek package packages are awesome. They're really. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've gotten basically all of them. <laughs> Just waiting on wow. Max. Max oh, yeah. is coming soon. Oh yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm a little behind, behind, admittedly. I'm a little behind, admittedly, but I'm catching up. Mm -hmm. Ah, there you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know. They they came out fast and furious. I was surprised. I wow. mean, they yeah. started in 2019, and now they've got. I'm going to say probably 90% of everything on home video. Which for the is first what they time. promised. It was <laughs> so they... nuts when that happened too. Cause I like, remember yeah. like the ink was, it wasn't even dry. They had barely signed all of the, 
you know, the legal documentation with Chayo and that and that whole lawsuit thing, and then suddenly it's like, hey, guess what, everybody? <laughs> You're getting no everything. Time. It was definitely a hold our beer moment, or yes, hold our sake. Yeah, hold our sake. It was uh, it was like a damn burst. It was you, like you want you know, fifty years, fifty yeah. years. You want content? We'll give you content. Here's my, content. And, yeah, and by the way, and, guys, logistically complex. Um, oh God, yeah. The the um, uh, subtitles had to all be checked. The oh yeah. You know, um, uh, we had to very rapidly uh, assemble um, log lines for every single episode, and there's mm-hmm. like a thousand, you know, more, or more. Um, oh, yeah. And um, and so we we were the ones who um, uh, reviewed at Starlight Runner every single episode of Ultraman, starting with the the first of Ultra Q, mm-hmm. um, and writing up these things. Not only did we do that, we listed every weapon, vehicle, a kaiju, and, um, and and main character in every single wow. episode. Oh God. So and I I love books have- with stats like that in them. So that that when getting that was just icing on the cake. That kind yeah. of stuff just makes a whole media presentation that much more special and not a lot of sets do that anymore. Uh, So that's every time I open up one of those sets and it has a nice booklet in it and it's got pictures of the monsters and episode guides and all that stuff. I just, I eat that stuff up like Tic Tacs. So Mm -hmm. uh, same with you. Same Uh, same here. And and speaking as a podcaster, I I just, every time a new set comes out, I'm like, man, so much podcasting material. (laughs) So much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, it's not just Ultraman, just like the last, like, I would say about four or five years, it just felt like an overabundance of riches of Tokusatsu because more stuff just keeps coming oh, yeah. over here. It's so exciting. You know, you had you know, Arrow Video releasing their massive Gamera set, more Super yeah. Sentai's been co- started oh. coming over, <laughs> and you know, all of the Ultraman yeah, yeah. stuff. I mean, I've been joking that Super Raya is practically Tokusatsu Santa Claus. They're just like, dude, just have it. <laughs> well, let's not, let's not, let's not take anything away from SRS studios either. I mean, oh no. No. I mean, it, pumping out the, so much. The, the fan movies. And oh. that was the big thing when I was a kid yeah. is you would see these fan movies, like start with the original hardware wars when that came out. Oh, in, sure. Sure. In absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you see yeah. fans making their own tokusatsu and it's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's just one mm-hmm. step, one step below what, Super Aya was doing back in Showa era. Mm-hmm. It's all and, part of the genre, and every every aspect of this. I will die on this hill that every corner of this genre is worth supporting. And Absolutely. when it comes to this, when it comes to the United States, that is a rare and beautiful gift, especially the more obscure it is. Right, and uh, the and more he, of it comes across, the less obscure uh, it is. A, a tricky thing to maneuver with uh, uh, Super Aya Productions is fan enthusiasm and fan labor. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, fan content. Um, you know, uh, they're very protective, of course, and, and should yeah. be because That's of the true. conflicts that they that they were in, and yet. We're, we're trying to get them to uh, encourage uh, a fan creative expression mm-hmm. and, um, and allow for it simply because it, it's, it's such a communication of affection. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it helps to, you know, uh, uh, broadcast the, um, the, the property. Right, right, right. I mean, You've been doing so much. I, I feel like we owe you, Jeff, more than I originally thought we did. Just you know, just how much you have helped to make this possible, you know, and maintaining such a good relationship with Subaraya. 
I, I can't thank you enough. <laughs> they would have found someone, but maybe not someone who, you know. <laughs> maybe not someone who cared as much as you, Jeff. Is that what, is that what I think I'm they, I think they found the perfect guy, Jeff. I think I, they you, really you don't did. have to be that humble here. Like right. the personal passion that you have for the for the product is just yeah, they could, have, they could have Look. handed it off to somebody in a suit that could have said, well, this thing from Japan might make us a quick buck and they might they could have shoveled it out. But they went with somebody who was touched by this as a child. They went with somebody who got this and who actively wants to be a part of spreading the joy uh, of Ultraman. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. that was I mean, not it's it's a it's a wonderful thing when companies make those decisions, you know, where it's like, well, this this person gets it and we should have them on board. Right. Yeah, that's uh, what I was going to yeah. say when we were talking about when you got when you were talking about Mill Creek just now, it it felt like it just the the Mill Creek sets have just not felt like cash grabs. That's like, right. Like yeah. just mm-hmm. something that like, oh, the Americans will buy it because they you know, there there's a fan base over here, but they feel like they've been produced and put together by people who actually care. And, and we and, and there, we there as fans on, on Mill Creek side, there there were a couple of guys there that really did care as well, mm-hmm. that, 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 you know, yeah. So it's not just us, but yes. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No. And, and we, as fans can see that and we can sense that, that we can sense when, when uh, distributors or whomever is handling a property really cares about that property. Absolutely. And then we can sense when they don't care about that property. It's like, it's either a cash grab or it's just this thing that they own and they don't know what to do with it. And we've not seen fun. that before. Yeah. So guys, this coming year will really be the the test. The first test was this week, <clears throat> um, mm, uh, where sure. where Jin did well enough for a Super Riot to go. Oh, <laughs> that's not bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, do you, cool. do you, do you happen to know like what their react? Are they like just ecstatic over there right now with the results for this thing? The the Japanese are stoic people. I, I'm using the word ecstatic in air quotes, but uh, but, but um, I, I think there is satisfaction. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm performed. so glad to hear that. Um, uh, but in the coming year, uh, you're going to have the the third um, season of uh, Anime Ultraman on uh, mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix. I'm looking forward. Um, to that. You're you're going to have um, a number of anniversaries for for the older uh, Ultra heroes, um, and and coming up, there is a a, a massive animated feature film mm-hmm. uh, of Ultraman for Netflix, uh, created by uh, Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Uh, industrial Light and Magic, um, and um, and guys, it's, it's stunning uh, in terms of you know is it pure Ultraman? No, uh, you know it's it's an American uh, a vision of, of Ultraman, but the fact that that this is Industrial Light and Magic, not Lucasfilm Animation, they they make the Clone Wars and, and mm-hmm. Bad Batch and, and stuff. This is a this is their special effects. Uh, 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 division mm-hmm. ILM using their uh, 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 feature film capabilities to create an animated Ultraman feature. It's really stunning mm-hmm. uh, to look at. It's, it skews a little young, but it's still uh, uh, you know quite striking. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I think skewing young is a an excellent idea um, because it's th- the more you can get this stuff in. I mean, it, I mean, I, I love to sit and watch this stuff in its original language. But if you're if you have a little one who wants to get into Ultraman, who, 
you know, that's the thing. This is you do an animated film like this and the audience gets younger and you can get more people in on the ground floor, just like what happened in the sixties. And when it was syndicated in the seventies, the original Ultraman get it in English, which is why mm -hmm. I'm loving the dubbing that's happening right now as well uh, right. for, a, for a lot of stuff. A lot of the movies, um, you know, there are, there are people out there who are like, blah, you know, like who are always going to, you know, turn their nose up at dubs, but they, it's, it's, it makes no sense to me because how are you supposed to grow a fan base without, multiple languages how are you supposed to get little kids who aren't going to sit there and read subtitles into ultraman how are you going to create the new generation of fans you got to do dubs and i'm right. the, the dub for shin ultraman this is slightly off topic was so good well i mean well i do want i do want to get <laughs> to that yeah. we'll, we'll get to that i don't want i don't want to veer us off course but i did um, want to mention and before we do yeah. get to, to to shin here's what i want um you know my bucket list for for ultraman more of of these, you know. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> listen to listen to this. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Oh, oh man, I missed that on Savenger. But oh um, god, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. More, it's so more toys, more toys, more toys. There, I want uh, <laughs> an American version of of all those toys. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I, I definitely, oh, I definitely nice. am picking up their Tiga Seismic's Tiga. That oh, looks when amazing. That, when that Tiga happens, I have the Giros over there. Um, I do not have Savenger. I have the. I have my beta capsule. When oh. I was in J when I was in Japan, I got um, a, a set of Ultra Eyes, Ultra Seven Ultra Eyes. Oh, I have them um, too. I love it. I love it um, so much. And that, but the more that stuff becomes available in, like, you can go into Barnes and Noble and Walmart right now and buy uh, Ultraman Funko Pops and Mego right. toys. And Very good. it's 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 like pinch me. When did this is amazing? Right, <laughs> like right. You got something to show I mean, off there, yeah. Michael? I, I do, yeah. Since we're since we're showing off a little bit, this is my this is probably my if you can. It's see, invisible. This, okay. Oh, this, that's fantastic! Oh. I love that. I Hang love on, that let one. me turn let me turn my let me turn my virtual background off here just yeah. really quick. There we <laughs> there go. You go. Uh, uh, this is my prized possession. What makes this so special is that it was signed by Faruya San at All Monsters Attack oh. in Indianapolis, and this is this yeah. will stay in the bag. This will never come out of the bag. Oh. Um, it's the conundrum I face every time. <laughs> oh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. <laughs> I, 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 I could get to, but then I'd have to deal with things like marriage. <laughs> right, exactly. See, uh, that that is that is when I was a married man. That was one thing. I there was a little issue that I ran into when I would collect things, and and my ex wife didn't realize. How, didn't didn't quite understand the appeal um but now you know it's that is one of the best parts of this franchise is not just watching the movies not just experiencing the media that you guys produce but also having the tangible things that we can have in our homes and we can love them and we can cherish them um made and at we the can, highest level of quality yeah, exactly. Monkey Nations, uh, you know, S.H. Figure Arts, that, yes. that uh, 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 changey thing uh, is mm -hmm. just a <laughs> changey thing. Changey thing. Changey I, thing. I, that needs to become an official term for somebody's transformation device. Well, changey thing. Changey thing. thing. That weighs like five pounds, doesn't it? 
This now this thing is is hefty. If I threw this at a person, it would kill them. Uh, it's, like, <laughs> no, it's like a Nokia phone. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a murder weapon. It does not have. A bat- it's indestructible. I took, the, I took the batteries out of it so, because I didn't want them to like randomly explode. Uh, and I, I did not have I did not have time to put the batteries back in before the stream. But it makes the sounds and the light. Uh, it's and the light it lights up. I mean, this thing and it was not. It was not cheap, uh, but I just I had to have one. It feels like the real deal. And there's something about holding something from one of these things that you love, whether it be a monster toy that you can turn around in your hands and yes. appreciate the sculpt or something that's based on an artifact. I love collectibles that are kind of artifacts. And yeah. the fact that role this play is, items like this is this is this is Hayata's thing, man. This is Hayata's beta capsule right here. I mean, it's there's when, very little separation between this and the real deal. When you, you put know. that um, uh, amount of uh, detail and and care into the product, it, it's communicating to me, uh, even as a child, that you respect me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah. didn't you create this malformed lump of plastic that vaguely looks like <laughs> the, um, the movie. Yeah, it's it's like the difference yep. between this and the uh, the Star Trek helmet they released in the sixties. Oh. That was just a lamp that made us with us with a siren on top. Yeah, like the, it wasn't even. They just grabbed a random toy and there was. You Star don't Trek respect toy. me, Mister Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's that is that's not even just no. That's not even no respect or like median level. That's active disrespect. <laughs> that's insulting well, that's, the intelligence of children. Yeah, as I say, that's 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 pretending like we're stupid. Cause, yeah, because yeah, kids yeah. listen. Kids are not stupid. No, they, they know, know their when, fandom. They, they know, know yes. Their, yeah, yes. they are in touch with it intimately, and especially parents who say, "Oh, this is kind of like that." They'll like this too. No, 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 you won't. We won't. No. We we have Star Trek at home. <laughs> we have Star Trek at home. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, like I said, I want to be respectful. Okay. Well, like I said, I want to be respectful of your time, sir. So I did yeah. have a few questions I wanted to ask you about bringing Shin Ultraman over to the States because there was a long stretch of time where we're like, we know the movie's coming. We're expecting it to get over here, but we have no idea how or when we had so many questions. And it sounds like I'm guessing we have you and Ultraman connection to think about this. So how long, when did you start talking with super Aya to get the film over here? Well, um, when when we were negotiating our deal with Subaraya at the very beginning, um, it was entering into production. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, it was just something uh, that we knew was being uh, uh, created by one of the great Japanese filmmakers and, um, and that a, a good lot of money was being put into it and, um, and that it was exclusively for Japan. Um, in, in fact, uh, the the discussion was, you know, let's not talk about uh, Shin Ultraman because we don't want to mix up the business with what's going on with Netflix and and establishing a, a kind of American presence for Ultraman. Mm-hmm. So we um, we we let it go. But I, I you know, I get a little peek every once in a while. And, and I'd, I'd start asking questions like, how am I going to see this movie? <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to see this movie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, do I have to fly there or what? And, um, uh, and they said, uh, you know, eyes on the prize, you know, ignore that dude behind the curtain. <laughs> and, 
and um, and as it became clear that um, uh, that they were putting even more uh, uh, time and money and care into the production because COVID uh, uh, postponed the release in, mm-hmm. in Japan, and and they decided to actually work a little bit more on these special effects and, th- and things like that. Uh, we really all started to get excited and started to talk with uh, Iceberg, uh, started to talk with the licensing group about what it would take um, uh, to bring uh, Shin Ultraman uh, to uh, movie theaters theatrically, especially when you saw stuff like uh, Dragon Ball Z and and One Piece and, and so forth doing Demon so Slayer. well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Of course, Demon Slayer was, was just through the roof. So... Um, uh, they um, they let um, uh, they let us start talking with them about it, and um, and the hunt was on for somebody who could help us to um, uh, secure the best possible uh, mm-hmm. deal um, with uh, with uh, with Shin Ultraman. And what was interesting, uh, this gentleman uh, who goes by uh, the, the name DK. Um, uh, was highly experienced with uh, uh, a specialty distribution in the United States. And he um, uh, said, you know, the groundwork should be laid because we want the film to be treated seriously. It's mm-hmm. not just a, a children's film. It's, it's a serious film. Let's show it to film festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not just in the United States, but around the world. And right. you, even, you even talked about this in a previous uh, episode, the fact that it, it premiered in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, it, it premiered overseas, um, uh, and then uh, at Lincoln Center in the United States mm-hmm. at the uh, um, uh, Asian International uh, Film Festival. And, um, and it, it got cred, you know, it, mm-hmm. it got, uh, you know, great reviews, um, uh, a standing ovation, sold out crowds. And that's what uh, turned Fathom onto uh, Shin yeah. Ultraman. Yeah, I was about to ask, because <clears throat> uh, you went with a company called The Exchange, which I had never heard of until mm-hmm. the the news was, was published about about them releasing Shin Ultraman through Fathom Events. So I was going to ask you, who is the exchange? Why were they interested? You know, were they the ones that connected with Fathom? I mean, how did this whole thing go down? There were a number of, of um, you know, of, of distributors that um, that pick up rights, but don't necessarily, you know, do the work of booking movie theaters and doing mm-hmm. all the, the things that Fathom does. So, um, so uh, the exchange was a, a rights issue uh, a situation, and then Fathom uh, uh, does the boots on the ground mm-hmm. uh, a kind of uh, 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 distribution, and then um, uh, and then the the Blu-ray uh, DVD is even a, a, another company, mm-hmm. Cleopatra. That's right, Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, was the exchange the first one to talk with you or Subaraya, or was it? fathom i mean it was the exchange first okay Um, the exchange first okay yeah we talked with a a number of great candidates some of whom were really passionate Mm -hmm. uh, about um uh, ultraman uh we went with uh uh, fathom because they they really had a uh you know a cool marketing plan Mm -hmm. yeah yeah they've done a lot of work with uh with a lot of anime films in particular bringing them over Mm -hmm. here and showcasing them 
Fathom has a lot of cloud and, and they and have a, a large and network. Toho. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and Toho. Yeah, and they have a lot of they have a large network. I, I found out that because you know, here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, there were actually two theaters that did the screenings for Shin Ultraman, and I think it's about it was about a thousand theaters total, right? That's a thousand cool. screens across the country, which is pretty impressive. It is. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's very impressive. So, uh, you know, so I, I'm really glad to hear that. So, and that you know it was successful and everyone's pretty happy. So now. You know, kind of the million dollar question here is we're all wanting to know who did the subtitles on the dub for this thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I saw the, I think it was the same subtitles when I saw it in Chicago at the film festival. Mm-hmm. But I'm really curious about the dub. <clears throat> I had no idea the, that a dub was even being made. I think up until, I think when more of the Fathom event theaters were announced about a month ago. That's right. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. Um, uh, I was not a big fan of some earlier Ultraman dubs. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> we, we probably agree with you. <laughs> uh, so um, so I, I nudged them. I, you know, I, I said, guys, it, it really matters. And, and here's why it matters. It's because of little kids, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, and yet I don't want to sit next to a little kid uh, and watch something that, you know, is just not right, is 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 not doing the translation well mm-hmm. or, or is not uh, professionally acting, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a, a little bit of a difference between anime and um, uh, and live action. And yes. I, I want that subtlety to uh, to come across. Mm-hmm in the in the dub mm-hmm. um uh so um uh, i was not responsible for the hunt to to find uh the the dub group but once we the, we came upon them uh it's okratron 5000 oh okay okratron 5000 um uh the dub director was uh raleigh picklins mm-hmm. and um, and the actors were um we're all professional actors. Mm. Do and, they uh, do they do voice work? Um, of course, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, some of them did, but not a lot uh, were known in in anime. Okay. We profile all all of the major uh, voice actors on Ultraman Connection. Recently, we put up a, an article about who right. they are and how they feel about the work that they did on Shin, mm-hmm. and um, and we were very pleasantly surprised. In fact, uh, I'm hoping that we can do some more work with them. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's really exciting. Cause I can tell you the, cause I think all of us, uh, who did everyone here see the, see the dub of the movie? I know Danny, Michael and I did. Did you see I saw, dub? I, I saw the dub. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I saw both. I went and saw the dub the next yeah, day. Yeah. Damon, did you see? Yeah, unfortunately did I did not, okay. um, but I do have access to see it at home. Okay. Um, so I will I will be watching that soon. Okay, that's good to hear. But I was going to say one of the things that I personally really appreciated one of the th- most notable differences I saw between this and say its pseudo prequel Shin Godzilla was that when Funimation did their dub for it, the quality of the dub was not necessarily bad. But these were all anime actors and they were mm-hmm. performing as if this was anime and those kind of intangible nuances that I was picking up on just didn't resonate with me because I'm like, this feels like an, this feels like it should be coming from an anime, but this isn't animated. But with Shin Ultraman, that wasn't the issue. They weren't performing as if this was an anime, even though it's 
very much styled a bit like anime. Right. Right, right. There was there's nuance uh, uh, to it, and um, you know, even distinguishing the uh, uh, you know the the three antagonists, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, from one another required a, a degree of subtlety, um, you know, to so that they could build upon one mm-hmm. another. I can tell you right now that Shin Mephilus has become a a little bit of a meme magnet with one of my favorite sayings or one of my least favorite sayings. (laughs) Within about 24 hours of the dub showing that was happening. I noticed that. That's cool. (laughs) I probably contributed to a lot of it. (laughs) I was was very, I was very, uh, I was telling you off cast, uh, Jeff, I was really impressed by the dub. Um, I usually when, when things get redubbed, you don't know what you're walking into some, sometimes, uh, I felt that way with Shin Godzilla, but I was very impressed by the dub. In fact, I was telling, uh, I was telling Danny and Nate almost immediately after I saw the film, it actually made the humor in the film land a little better for me. Uh, I actually, I audibly laughed a lot more with the dubbing than I did with the subtitle version. Um, and that, and it wasn't ironic laughter. It was actually legitimate laughter because the delivery was, was good. Right. Um, it's, it's hard in a, a subtitle to catch the fact that, that so much of these lines are just almost like tossed off, you know, or muttered mm-hmm. under their breath or, you know, uh, so it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. Show I've me made, some spirit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've made some, uh, I've made some defenses of dubbing. I do think it's an art form that, should be respected more than it is. In fact, you know, back in the 50s, if you dubbed a foreign film, it was actually considered a sign of respect. You know, right. not a not a grave insult. It it's was a, it was a sign of respect because no. it cost a lot more money to dub a film than it did subtitles. Just the problem is that there's just been so many bad dubs that it's become a joke now that no one takes it seriously. Well, George Takei talked about that uh, in his autobiography, uh, how, mm-hmm. I mean, he did, uh, was it Rodan? He did Rodan and, um, and Gigantis. And he said he, he looked at it, this was an acting gig, and these people were making art in their own country. Why would I do less than do justice to what they have done? And so he George always gets it. I know. George it's gets George. it. Yeah. And so he got, he understood. I mean, it's also, you know, from his own culture, but you know, since he grew up here a little mm-hmm. bit removed, but he understood the, the mindset that my, my dubbing, his dubbing performance is just as important as the actor's original performance. And he had to give his respect mm-hmm. to their performance by doing the same thing. And I, mm-hmm. and That's I appreciate right. yeah. that. Right. And dubbing is such a thankless job anyway. Oh, I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's, it is really is too bad because there's so much legitimate work that goes into trying to make a dub work um, because you're not just throwing words out there. You're trying yeah. to match the, 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 the breaths of the actors and you're trying to yeah. match the, the, you know, the, the syllables and the way that the mouths form vowels and you're trying to at least get it to match up a little bit so that it's not visual, too visually distracting Agreed. and you're trying to get a good performance out of it. Right. And it's like all of this stuff. So, and you know, the fact that dubbing is kind of the, the you know, it's the, the infamous butt of jokes, especially when it comes to Japanese 
cinema and even more particularly than that Japanese monster movies and, and such. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, been, it's, it's yeah, Japanese bad. monster uh, movies and yeah. Hong Kong martial arts films. That's where a lot of the jokes martial, are. Yeah, Hong, Hong, Kung Fu movies, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, some of those dubs are like, I, I don't know. I love a good silly dub, but I really respect a dub that uh, you know, takes the, they took the time. Uh, the Tetra dubs for the, the Godzilla films from the 60s are a good an example of really solid dubs. Yeah. Godzilla versus the Thing, mm-hmm. um, the, the, those ver- you know versions of movies like that, Son of Godzilla and the like, mm-hmm. uh, those were good. And I think, honest to goodness, uh, the, the Shin Ultraman dub, it's it's up there with one of the better oh, Japanese dub films, I, like easy, right. like easily, uh, easily. It's it was. I was very, very, very impressed with it. I was, uh, mm-hmm. all I could think was now, now, you know, a, a family can watch this together. Uh, I exactly. mean, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, a little four five year old. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that. Right. So much. Right. That's important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised when I walked into my theater and I was not the only person in there. There was at least 30 people in there yeah. with me. Yeah, um, yeah. Whenever, when I went to my, when I went to my showing, there was, there was a lot more people and I feel like my market here, I'm in West Virginia. So I feel like the Charleston area is a much smaller market than say even Fort Wayne or uh, even where Danny's at in in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was pleasantly surprised by how many people were actually in there. Right. Yeah. I, I drove out to the, the mommy area to do mine. Actually, the picture of my uh, ticket stub is on Ultraman connection right now in the article. Ah, That's Um, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah, really cool. I, that was a really that was lovely. Me. I, I, was I, 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 I went and scrubbed it from the internet. <laughs> as long as you gave proper yeah, attribution, that is, that's uh, that's no, fine. No, no, it's all inside. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, you, like, Danny, you, you need you need royalties. Pay up, Jeff. just just buy buy him yeah. Ultraman Max, and he'll call, and, and you'll be his new best friend. <laughs> I've, I, uh, I that was a genuine lovely thing to wake up to uh, to see that on there so thank you yes. Jeff I appreciate that a lot but right. uh, I think there might have been more the reason I, I brought that up even was because when I went the second time I think there might have been more people in my theater for the dub than there was wow. for the, yeah probably not by a lot but there were more there and that to me showed me everything I know about why the dub is important right that's right um, right yeah right. yeah and the, but, the, the age range was a little wider too Good. right yeah. right so we we talked a little bit about Cleopatra releasing it. Uh, is there anything you can tell us about the uh, the, the home media release? I know it's supposed um, to be sometime in spring. Is it going to be available right. on streaming? Uh, uh, only that it's a, it's a DVD Blu-ray. It mm-hmm. it, it should be sometime uh, uh, toward the middle of the year. Okay. Um, I, I think it may stream uh, first. Oh, okay. Um, that makes sense. Okay. The the uh, the streamer have has not been announced yet. Okay, um, uh, but it's a, a good one. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say I know it played. You know, I know it was released on Amazon Prime in Japan. Yeah. That's right. So I mean, it, I, it doesn't have to be Amazon Prime, Prime over here. But no, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so that's being nailed down right now. And then there will be a, a nice uh, package, a, a DVD Blu-ray. I, I'd love a 4K, but I'm not sure that that's going to happen. Right, right. That would do, be cool. do you think? Uh, well, it, will it, do you know if it'll stream on? I don't know, like a network that has flicks, like so a, a net 
of flicks. Uh, <laughs> Mike, stop oh, digging, man. Stop digging. He's been so generous. I'm just digging. You are seriously digging. I'm just digging. I'm digging. Yeah. to me who would like everything all under the same umbrella. Right. Mind. No, it's yeah, fair. Yeah. That is fair. So, I mean, do you do you have any details about the release? Will there be special features? Or? No, no. There, there, there'll be some cool features. Of okay. Course. They, they did a lot, um, you know, uh, both in terms of the making of and and in terms of of the stuff that they've been putting out mm -hmm. uh, to publicize the stuff that's in movie theaters that played with it. And, oh, that'd be so, great. Um, um, ooh, is it going to be? Is it going to be sold at you know most retail outlets, Best Buys, Walmart's, all that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we won't have to like go like digging on through Amazon no, no, to no. find it or anything. So, you know, we can walk into a store and get it. That's great. Yeah, like, it's not like, it's not like Shin Godzilla where you had to really dig for that one for some reason. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I remember when I walked into a Walmart and found it, they're like, Oh my gosh, it's here. There it is. <laughs> I cannot wait. I have, it's a rare sighting of a Shin Godzilla Blu-ray in the wild. Uh, <laughs> I, can, I cannot wait for that disc. I cannot. Wait. I can't I'm, wait I'm either. Very, I'm because, very excited. Yeah, I because uh, I've already covered it on Henshin Men. You know, talking about seeing it in Chicago. I'm doing a little special report here for the Film Vault, going out as a bonus episode. But I, as soon as I saw the movie, I added I added Shin Ultraman to my slate of movies to give the full Monster Island Film Vault treatment at some point in the future. So I will. That Blu-ray is probably going to be cited constantly because I do lots of research oh, on every movie I cover. It. So I'm really excited. So, guys, I know you're going to be talking about uh, the, the details of the film. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I want to leave you with some thoughts uh, uh, that, that I'd ask you to consider when sure. we're discussing it. Um, I got to sit down with uh, Shinji Higuchi and, and talk to him. Uh, about uh, the uh, the film uh, at, at some length, and not all of these thoughts are his. <laughs> he actually does not like to interpret his work. <laughs> um, but the impression I got um, uh, from him and, and from watching the film a few times now is that there is, uh, um, there is a, a, a childlike notion uh, uh, to the, the film. Even though it's it's made in a very a kind of mature way, in fact, you can catch glimpses of French New Wave filmmaking, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and so forth. Um, uh, the the uh, the artsiness of the shots and and, and so forth, and um, the 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 way that the music plays, and uh, the fact that they preserved all those sound effects from the oh, uh, show era. Mm -hmm. Right, I love it. I love it. Um, uh, but there's something to it that that reminds me of a parable. Mm. Um, uh, when you, uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Little Prince. Yes, um, that was a a, a story about a, a boy who encounters these kind of escalating different antagonists, these these uh, other civilizations. That um, that have their interpretations of the world and and their desires uh, of it and and um, and they were selfish you know they were about conquest mm -hmm. and and there's a, a almost a sadness as to how quickly civilization kind of 
caves to all that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in, 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 in subtly different, but escalating ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and every time we transcend it with a little help from our hero, right. Um, it, it makes the, the greater, uh, cosmology, the, the greater powers that be a little more concerned, right. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the potential of these people. It's so fantastic. And yet they fall for the bullshit. Dangerous. Yeah. You know, uh, which is why what happens in the end uh, uh, kind of happens and, and why the, the fact that, that, that our hero Ultraman who is, has become intimate with us and understands us is willing. The fact that he's willing to stand for us is, uh, you know, uh, under what seems like impossible uh, odds it is, is touching to me mm. and, and makes the strange structure of the film mm-hmm. kind of work for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. That you is see what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. You know, what? Do you see what I'm saying about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I thought someone yeah. was. I thought oh someone no! Was I'm, I'm sitting something. here writing okay. down notes as you're talking, Jeff, just to use later. <laughs> no, that's I want to be able to yeah. sound. I want to be able to sound smart later on in the stream. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> no. What, think what of the motivations is, of those those antagonists, the 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 aliens. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 kaiju are are you know pure, you know, um, right uh, aggression instinct. Uh, but the aliens, as we climb up the ladder, <laughs> um, you know, their orders of magnitude are more threatening. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why they're in they're there in the order that they're there. Mm. Well, that's that it just I think it was pointed it was pointed out in the middle in the in the la- in the last quarter of the film that those the kaiju were essentially just tools mm-hmm. to draw Ultraman out yeah. Uh the, the uh, Mephilus, yeah, Mephilus, Shin Mephilus was the one that revealed that he was the one behind the kaiju attacks mm-hmm. to draw those kaiju out, to draw right. uh, Ultraman out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a it's a beautiful film. Um, like I was telling these guys last night that you know obviously the theme of the film is hope, mm-hmm. um, hope and resilience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and hope made tangible. Uh, yes. by, mm-hmm. by actions and sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so there's something about yeah. the, the tangibility of Ultraman as a character too, that I, that's always really resonated with me because yes, there's hope and resilience and that tangibility of it. And, um, you know, for, for this film, since it is, it's, it, it's a little bit outside that box, it, it, not thematically and thematically it's very in the box, but, um, the fact that, you know, aged Subaraya, you know, Subaraya proper, you know, when he created this character was so in, you know, like all these years later, the idea of having a physical hero that a child can walk up to and shake their hand or get a hug from is uh, a powerful thing. And Mm. there's like, that's one of the things that always touches me the most about Ultraman, especially when I went and saw the, the the Ultraman, you know, live shows. And I got to see all the, just herds of children running to go see Ultraman. It was one of the most touching things I've ever seen. And uh, the thought that that character and all the variations on that character have inspired that much positivity and that many positive dreams and has given kids a role model. And the fact that all of that, that's been mostly self-contained within Japan for going on 60 years now is starting to finally 
finally bleed over into the West and th- there's a chance. And when I say chance, I mean, it's happening. We're seeing it yeah. happen now mm-hmm. that that positivity and that tangible goodness and that feeling of hope and good role model, all that good stuff, all the, all the stuff that ultra men represents mm-hmm. can come over here and do its magic for mm-hmm. not just longtime fans like us, but for little ones who are growing up and need a hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't have words for how wonderful I find right. that. I, I mean, just, I, just, I've, I've heard people say that, <laughs> that you know, because Ultraman Z started, for, you know, started airing on YouTube. You know, that was the first time mm-hmm. the Super I had tried that. I'm sure that was a little bit of a risk. And it was, I think it was right before, was it, was it 2019? So, uh, yep. or was it 2020? Okay. So, but, but people were, especially once quarantine was happening with COVID and all that, people were really gravitating toward it. And I think it was what I think it was what people needed. He's inherently hopeful. Mm -hmm. Um, The the character is inherently hopeful. And it's at once a very simple notion, but a very, very complex one. And uh, I've never found a character anywhere else on the planet because I don't think there is one that takes the complexities and simpleness of hopefulness and boils them down into one character Mm -hmm. as well as Ultraman does. Wow. Look at you guys. (laughs) Martin, everything. (laughs) We we spend way too much time. We try. (laughs) We try. And and we spend way too much time thinking about these things. We think about it. Write about it. I wrote a um, an article for uh, for Kaiju Ramen Magazine about Ultraman, um, and it was more of an overview of the entire series. I'd love to actually do like a deep dive into thematics and symbolism and uh, what Ultraman means for one of these days. Uh, Maybe, that's uh, our next G Fest presentation, Danny. Come on over. <laughs> there, there it is. Come on there over it is. Ultraman Connection. We're starting a whole new uh, section of the site that devoted to that sort of thing. Sign me up. I'm in. <laughs> I will, I will read it. If you need some somebody to some extra people to write for it, Fantastic. I will. I would. I would. That would. I could die happy. That would make yeah. me so happy. We, we pay in cheese sandwiches, but uh, I, I, I there are worse things. <laughs> I listen. I'll take. I I'll take a stale cheese sandwich to, to oh, write, write your alternate connection. Um, well, seriously email me anyone who would like to to contribute anything uh to the site yeah, uh, that just would email me most of us in this call actually uh michael if you want to give a little bit of a pitch for this we are all involved with kaiju ramen magazine so if you ever want to send anything to us like if you have a press release or something oh, sure. that you would like published sure. or if you know if you yourself would like to contribute to the magazine in some fashion we would love to have you we'd love to oh, collaborate exactly. we're we're kind of yeah. an uh, you know an up uh, an up and coming magazine and you know we're hoping to gain some more notoriety in the tokusatsu sphere we are that's, uh, that's a really good pitch michael deal. thank you um, <laughs> 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 no, it, it all, but he, what he said was correct. We we started in 2020 as a as a response to another large kaiju focused magazine that was going through some uh, issues. <laughs> I will say just, <laughs> to be, just to be polite, um, but it really is. Uh, it, it's it's turned into this 
a really great outlet for fans that necess- that love this genre, that love henshin heroes, that love kaiju, yeah. that love all the things in between to really write about and and discuss these franchises. And Jeff, I was I, I was I wasn't going to do any shameless plugs uh, with you here, but I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you for your contact information because you know kaiju me kaiju rama we would love to work with you at some point. Uh, maybe have you write some art, maybe have you write something mean. for us or um, do an interview. Well, like we would uh, love Nathan, to do that. Nathan has my uh, email, yep. um, but uh, any fan who wants to uh, uh, follow me, uh, I'm at at Jeff underscore Gomez on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. that's a lot of, you know, uh, Ultraman posting, but I post about the other things that I work on as well as a producer. Sure. Um, uh, you can uh, uh, jump on my Facebook page, Jeff Gomez, um, and um, and if you're a professional, uh, LinkedIn is great. Because, oh yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. Right. And just uh, just to show you how much love we've been we uh, we have given Ultraman, this is the cover of the latest issue. Oh look at that! Oh, yep, and, um, you know, that is that is I'm, legendary Goji versus Shin Ultraman that was done by our friend Rebecca Hudgens. I, I yes. am. Um, I, I wish I could comment on that. <laughs> the, um, the the theme. Well, the the I'll, I'll the theme for that issue, Jeff, was East versus West. So there's there's a reason why we chose Shin Ultraman versus Legendary Godzilla. Sure. As sort of an East meets West or East versus West type issue, because that that I don't think that gets that got explored very much in other uh, written media, um, and it's it's a, it turned out to be a really fun issue. Uh, we're looking forward to getting it in the hands of folks uh, to re- to read that, but it's going to be a really really fun, and we're very proud of the artwork that our friend Rebecca did for this. It's it's beautiful, it fantastic, beautiful. Mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah, just thought I would share that with everybody. But um, thank you once again for joining us, Jeff. It's been a pleasure and an honor, and we will be in touch. I can't wait sure. to, to yes. work with you this some is- more. Nathan, Damon, Michael, Dan, yes. thank you so much. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Jeff, this, this was a was pleasure, Jeff. A Thank you so real, much, man. This was a an honest old, a, a delight, an absolute nice. delight. Thank uh, you so uh, much for what you did. I got verklempt with that speech. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. well, Danny is always oh good. My. With it was great. <laughs> I guess, I guess so. I guess so. But seriously, <laughs> sincerely, um, from me and everyone here, and I, I'm sure I speak for an entire continent's worth of Ultraman fans when I say thank you for. Uh, what you've done and the the role, the significant role you've played in helping to give our hero a second home mm-hmm. in the United States. Thank you so uh, much. He's long yeah. deserved it, and uh, I've, we've been looking forward to welcoming him here. So mm-hmm. it's it's been it's been fun. Come yeah. to Ultraman Connection. Registration is free, and uh, watch all the new cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very bye much. Bye, Thank you, you Jeff. Talk soon. All right. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Monster Island Film Vault, a podcast produced and hosted by Nate Marchand. If you want to join the discussion and be heard on the show, we'd love to hear from you. So email us at feedback at monsterislandfilmvault.com. Our website is monsterislandfilmvault.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Monster Island Film Vault and on Twitter, where our handle is at TheMonsterIsla1. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, and TikTok. Follow Jimmy from NASA on Twitter at NASA Jimmy and our many other colorful characters using the links in the show notes. The podcast logo was created by Tyler Souls from TylerDrawsComics.com. Our theme song is 
Wanderer on the Offensive, Live Edit by B33J, Serax, Juan Madrono, and Nonsensical Lexus, which is a remix of Counterattack, Battle with the Colossus, and The Opened Way, Battle with the Colossus, by Koatani from the video game Shadow of the Colossus. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. You can also support us by joining MIFV Max on Patreon. The Monster Island Film Vault is a Moonlighting Ninjas Media production. Sayonara! <laughs>